Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Belong. A sense of belonging is something we all long for. As we understand who we are to simply be, then it's natural to connect for the long game together as a people. We belong to Jesus and in the family of God. We are the body of Christ, members together and a people set apart for God's glory. We are committed to the body of Christ as members together. We are distinct and different to connect together in unity. All races, all faces, all ages. You belong here. Amen to that. Faith without action is dead, of course. But if we don't understand what our faith is or who we are, then how do we know if we're doing the right things? We have been focusing on who we are as a people, going through our vision mag. The vision mag is located on our website under the resources tab, and it's also in the hallway. You can get a physical copy, and we're continuing that of who we are. Today, we are disciples who belong. There is a longing in every single one of us to belong. One of the biggest lies that Satan uses is, I don't belong. I don't belong is one of his primary weapons. We all feel it. We face it at many times in our life. We go settings like, I don't belong here. Come to church. I don't belong here. I believe there's only one who can say you belong, and it's the one who made you, the one who knows you the one whose image you're created in, and that's God. So do you have to believe to belong? Well, no, you're God's regardless, but specifically today as we're talking of disciples, in the body of Christ, believers who belong, we are connected, we are committed, and every body is needed in the body. We all belong. Every body matters in this body. Everybody is equal in the body. We're just different in giftings and how we serve differently one another in roles. And before we'd ever think about, okay, what we do and how are our gifts used, yes, they are used for the common good, unifying the body of Christ. But we must understand first, who are we? We are disciples who belong. So when we say here at City Life, you belong here, what we're meaning is that God says you belong. It's the foundation that would even give us a secure position to belong, to have long game, to be safe, to be a space where you can be yourself. Now what happens is we come into the body, we come into the community, and we don't know who we are. We don't even know if we're loved, so we're looking for approval or achievement or some affirmation, and then when we don't get it, I don't belong. Well, that's why we started with our formation of discipleship strategy, which is we are loved. And to understand we're loved by God, now we're whole... Uh, members that are connecting. And of course, we're the body serving one another and reminding and encouraging one another. But we belong because of our position as sons and daughters in Jesus Christ. So our identity then flows in motion into a body that's connected together. 
The word belong definition is to be in a proper situation or to have an attachment or bound by birth or an allegiance or dependency. I love that last word, dependency. That we are, first, of course, the head is what, who we're dependent on, which is Jesus, the head of the body, but we're connected to him, but we're interdependent on one another. That God built this thing, this equation, love God, love people, vertical, horizontal, that we need each other. There is no solo Christianity. It fleshes out day to day in the trenches with people that are committed to one another. So we're going to look at a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's in the Vision Mag. We have a few of the the body gifting passages in there, and we're going to highlight this one today and to uh, set the stage of where this is at in the letter uh, to the church at Corinth, we're going to look at a video from the Bible Project that shows us a little overview of what's being talked to in this passage before we dive in to 1 Corinthians 12. Check out the Bible Project. 14, Paul moves on and addresses problems in their weekly worship gathering. There were some people who were having really powerful spiritual experiences in the gathering, and so they would start praying out loud in unknown languages. There were other people who might start sharing a teaching or a word from God, and then someone would get up and interrupt them because they wanted to share. And it all was really chaotic, and it was distracting people, especially visitors, from hearing the gospel. So in these chapters, Paul helps them think, first of all, about the purpose of this gathering to help them see what kind of behaviors are appropriate. He says the gathering is a place where God's spirit should be working through everybody and it should happen in a unified way. So he develops this cool metaphor about the church as a human body. It's one, but it has all these different parts. And each part serves a unique and important role. So he goes on to name a whole bunch of things that the Spirit does through all these different people, all for the building up of the church. That's a key phrase in these chapters. And Paul concludes that the highest value in the gathering should be a concept central to the gospel, God's love. And love is a key word in these chapters too. Love will compel each person in the gathering to use their role to serve and seek the well-being of others. So Paul applies all this to the Corinthians' problems. Some people think the purpose of the gathering is to have intense spiritual experiences or to get a chance to speak their mind. And Paul says, listen, I'm a big fan of powerful experiences of prayer, but if it distracts other people or freaks them out, I should stop it because I'm loving myself more than I'm loving those people. The gathering around Jesus should be orderly so everybody can learn and sing and worship and hear God speaking to them. Well, it's a lot there, but there's, uh, that's city life. We long to have order. We believe in so many of the giftings and how they are experienced individually through people. But when we gather, we come together and there's order and there's border, uh, doctrine. There's a connection. We're serving one another in this gathering to stir one another up in love towards good works as we remember that Jesus will return. So in other words, yes, at some level, we're all given up some of our jurisdiction or our speed of me and what, our, what is our preferences or uh, you know, flavor of the month. And, but we didn't come here to just partake. We're not consumers. We came here to serve. So what are we even a part of and why? 
Well, we belong to something that is way bigger than ourselves. And when we remember the main thing, the main thing, it becomes a little easier than to flesh it out. So the passage here reminds us of what we are, who we are, and um, picking it up from verse 12. Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And then here comes the illustration. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body, then we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Now, and if you continue to read your scripture into the next chapter, it's the chapter on love. So it's saying, oh, remember, it's all about love, of how this is fleshed out. So before we would think of, okay, well, what's my giftings in the body? Well, how do I use the way God made me? Well, do we even understand that we're in a body and that we're in this body not to compare, not to compete, but to complete? We're in this body not to conform to a uniformity set of ways, but yet be distinctive that God called you in your gift mix and in the sanctification, in him, in his word, and in his people, with his people, that then as we walk this out, We're then serving the common good of one another as we're unified, different, distinct, yet holy and unified, completing one another. Then most of our day-to-day, and um, we find this online and in social uh, little groups that are created or forums or sports teams, and there's a lot that can separate us based upon what we like what our interests are. But church, hear this loud and clear. We come together remembering who we are and who we're built in 
and on and through the cornerstone, Jesus. So we want his ways, his thoughts. So the death, burial, and resurrection, we die daily to self. We don't want our way. And God says that we're a part of a body. Now, I realize that can already be hard because you're like, people have hurt me. I don't want to do this people thing. I get it. But if God said it, he must have something great for us. The illustration here is there's uh, the Roman hierarchy of the day is that the lesser parts serve the greater ones so that people, peasants, workers, uh, anyone who's of property, slaves, disposable to serve those that are in power or prestige and that people are just numbers. And we see this play out today all across the world. And what's gotten sad is we've seen this play out in church, and that's a grave mistake because what is being said here is that every part, every member in this body matters. Every member is equal. And we don't just get a room together and just say, well, here's all the fingers. We don't just get a room together and say, here's all the feet, because that room would reek, right? A lot of times we separate, we separate on style or preference, We separate over the wrong things, and we think of what can we unite in, because we could make a list of what we're against today. We could make all things of what we don't like. There could be a lot to divide us, but in the name of Jesus, there's one name that you can unite us. And so we think of uh, uh, the spiritual formation here, and as a disciple, we are loved, beloved, be loved, belong, be long. I think as we're people that are loved, we remember that the long game is together. And so we gather together, we grow together, and we go together. And this first starts at home. How do we get in sync there? Let alone the church, let alone the city. And there's an election right around the corner. I don't know how we're going to be united. But then when I think of it on the outside end, you're right. I can't figure out all of the ways to get us to be united there. But when I think of the inside out, I remember Jesus. I remember God. I remember the body. I remember the church. And I pray that this year, the church that we get to be a part of city life is prepared for the storms of head so that we know we're not belonging on what the world says. We're belonging on who God says we are. And we're going to unify come together and commit and submit to one another weekly, daily. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's worth it. We have a phrase in our household, and sometimes my wife will remind me of this, is we never lose investing in people. But the truth is, you do lose investing in people. Come on, you all know somebody that you lend some money to and you've never seen them again. And then people say, well, it's the best money you ever lent because now you know their true character. It's like, no, that hurt. (laughs) Dang. That's not how it's supposed to go. But then if you think about it, you've probably done some of those same type of things. And then what happens is the transactional experience gets hard and heavy. and, and, And so in some ways, how do we say then we don't lose investing in people? Because one, we're not investing in the name of Jerome or Crystal. We're not investing in the name of the Virlings. We're investing in the name of Jesus. And one plants, one waters, but God makes it grow. And so if we're investing in the name of Jesus to the best of our ability, we know that God will make the right stuff grow. 
Now, is there a wrestle daily? Absolutely. I always think back to that movie as a kid, you know, Grumpy Old Men. And um, it's because I think the older we get, the more wars we've been in, so the more grumpier we can be. Jesus knew this. He said, if you want to receive the kingdom, you've got to be like a child. Child, get it. Have fun. They dance. And then something happens. You see that they're uncomfortable, that others are watching when they dance. I pray that we awaken with the spirit of a child in this room to understand the body that we're a part of isn't a hierarchy where we abuse or use the lesser parts, but it's an equal, connected, different in authority, different in roles, but submitted and committed to one another. Amen? Brene Brown, a famous writer, a um, couple quotes that is just so powerful. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. So why we struggle sometimes with belonging is because we struggle with be loved, accepting ourselves. Another quote she has, you are imperfect. You are wired for struggle, but you are worthy of love and belonging. And we know the authority of heaven talks like that. God's word says that, that you and me. And look at the, the, the powerful uh, connection that we are in as people. We are um, in a body, and there is this, there's this temptation to always compare. Like, oh, I wish I was gifted like so-and-so. City life, what would it look like if we all tilled our own land, ran our own lap, was in our own lane? in the same game, connected and committed in one body. Because look at verse 26. It says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. There's pe people in this room that are suffering right now. We lament, we endure, and we suffer together. But the flip is way cooler. Well, I, don't, I mean, it's all part of the process, but it's one that's easier to kind of eat. It's like if one member is honored, all rejoice together. It's like, yeah, I'm with him. I'm with her. That means when one is celebrated. I remember when um, the Holy Spirit, one time I was watching a video of, of Lecrae was going to be, Lecrae's a big Christian rapper that we had supported for years. Um, their nonprofit work when we were doing Christian rap traveling around, and they were much further in a bigger platform, so we just sowed and invested into them. And uh, I don't know Lecrae. I met him uh, one time and, well, two times, one time in an autograph line. So he doesn't know me, but we were investing in what God was doing in and through him. And then I saw on Yahoo, it came through the ticker that Lecrae was going to be on uh, the video or he was going to be doing a live concert online on Yahoo. And I was like, what? That's crazy. It's awesome. So let me pull it up. And I remember watching it was like, you know, huge LED wall. He's rapping uh, on stage. And the drummer, the band, uh, crowd going berserk. And I remember thinking, I paused for a second. I was like, oh, God, I thought you spoke some of those things to me. I thought I would be a part of seeing some of that. I, 
thought, God, I thought you spoke that we would do concerts and video. And he was even using some of the illustration stuff that we had prayed about, like using interactive dialogue in between songs and setting up things with visuals. And it was just, and obviously they were stewarding it in a way and their gift mix was just far superior than what we could do externally. And I remember, it's like the Holy Spirit just breathed into that moment. He goes, what are you talking about? Look at this. Celebrate. I was like, what? You did this. I go, I did this. You did this. And it was like, wait, did you not pray? Did you not support? Did you not, are they not, is that not a brother in the faith? And if they're being honored and they're being celebrated, you understand, we honor and we celebrate you. Even if you gave a fraction of a penny of their budget, but you invested in what I am doing through them. We're on the same team. It was like, oh, and I put it on out and it was like, I never, if I wanted to do that type of concert ever again. Ever again. It was just like liberated because some of the dreams that God put in our heart, that one, it comes from God and in the body, we might not even see it or touch it or smell it with our hands, but we might have the beautiful experience to see it with our eyes or even will we be humble enough that it'll be in another lifetime? It'll be somebody else. It'll be our kids' kids because we're tapping into what God wants to do. And sometimes the giftings override the day-to-day, the mundane, and the beauty of what we're already in. We're in the body. So we don't compare. We complete. And when one is honored, we celebrate. We share in that. And when one is struggling and suffering, we share in that. So then how does it flesh out? Because one, Lecrae is a national figure. We have these, uh, you know, internet um, churches, and, and we are broadcasting, and we believe in that the Spirit of God, and you could be home and be a part of this church. We believe that. But we also, then again, as you would recognize in some way, shape, or form, we need physical interaction at some level. The local church has to be through proximity, <laughs> like flesh, talking to somebody. Because the temptation, one of the biggest roadblocks to wanting to be in the body is to isolate and to go alone. And when we don't agree, we're just going to go do it our own way, as opposed to wrestling. Check this little clip out from the Gospel Coalition. You know, Satan wants us to be isolated. That's like his thing. If he can separate you and then he can tell you his lies um, and he can have a place in your life, knowing that he, he desires to kill, steal and destroy. And so often he will tempt us in that way. We have to fight against that to say, no, I'm not my own. <laughs> I've been bought with a price. And that price, the blood of Jesus, it joins me with other believers. And so I have to fight for that, even though it's hard, even though, you know, pushing past all of the temptations and the fears and the concerns. But what I have in Christ is greater. I have to trust the Lord. I know that he's called me towards community, a local community with actual people that I know and that can know me. Amen. Proverbs 18.1 gives a very sharp warning. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. We're going to watch another video from one of our members here, one of our leaders here, Rob G., and if you know Rob G, he proclaims this in the video, but he's an introvert. So you might naturally say, well, pff, I recharge alone, I'm an introvert or whatever. Um, we still are wired for community. It's not something we do. Like we are communal beings. We belong. Check this video out. So I take 
long. For me, it makes me think of a family. It makes me think of uh, just a safe place to be, a place where there's no pressure to be somebody I'm not. There's nobody to impress. There's just a place to show up and just be um, and to feel safe to go home to, to belong. Something that's consistent that you never have to question if it's there, it's always there. And there's nothing that you could do to earn it, but just a place to just be myself and be who, who God created me to be. I think being, being a dad and, and being uh, a leader in the church has um, help me find a new sense of identity and what community really looks like. Um, maybe something that I didn't fully experience, uh, maybe as a kid or throughout my life, but, but just knowing um, that there's power in community. Uh, I think my default is to want to always be alone, to isolate, to try to figure out what I'm doing, what I'm a part of, and how I, I can go further as a person. But uh, having a family and having a community and being a leader forces you to think about not just yourself but others and how you're leading them and how you're setting an example and um, creating a new space for them to see and to dream within a community, uh, not just our tunnel vision that we so quickly can default to. Like I said, my default, uh, and a lot of people's default can be to just isolate and want to be alone and recharge alone and to... Um, kind of just do our own thing. Being in community is just a lot harder. It, it, it forces you to grow, it forces you to look at yourself in the mirror, it forces you to, to be challenged. And um, I think there have been times and seasons in my life where the, the pull will be to escape and to get away and to get alone and to, um, to almost hide and isolate. But um, in those seasons, I find that even as a introvert person or someone who recharges alone, I actually don't feel satisfied. I actually don't feel fully recharged. Um, it's like a form of escape where you don't even consciously think you're doing it, but subconsciously you're, you're pulling away and the only thoughts you're hearing are your own thoughts and your own convictions uh, versus what other people bring to the table, which is the beauty of what I've loved to learn about community is getting close to people forces you to think about things differently. It forces you to have a different perspective. Um, and even like little things, if there's some head trash that I might have, just by communicating to somebody else, um, what's going on just even just speaking it out loud just brings like a sense of uh clarity and uh, just someone that can listen and someone that um, can challenge and, and give advice one of the hardest struggles to uh, commit to one another might be the fear of trust that was broken or that if people really know who you are they won't accept you And the truth is, that will happen. Where? Here. There's people. It's going to happen everywhere we go in life. Now, should it be abusive? No. Should it be without correction? No. Should it be done in a holy way? Yeah. But our approval is not from people. We're approved 
by God. And that's why identity, knowing that we're loved, flows into the community to belong. And now there's this sweet fragrance that we're trying to outdo one another, serve one another, love one another. There's, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, uh, it's a really powerful verse about being known. And it's in, it's, it's in light of being known by God. If we have a fear to be known, well, we want to be known. Look at this. This is when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then, one day, we're going to be face-to-face with God. Now, I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Like, that's the story, like, that we could be fully known. You know how we exercise that today? By being known, which means we have to spend time to know one another and then to understand before we would even want to spend time what we're a part of, who we are. We are the body of Christ. We are disciples who belong. So some quick hitters before we get out of the way and we process this um, as the worship team's going to come up in just a moment is there's a lot of pseudo outfits out there um, in, of what belonging experiences could look like. False ones that aren't built in Jesus and on Jesus. And we do need healthy outlets. So you might say here and you're thinking, well, I need a bunch of people that are like me. Absolutely. We need those healthy outlets. But don't get it twisted. The body of Christ, we will never be just like each other. We complete and complement each other. It's not even in God's wiring that we are here to get each other's backs. We're here to be the body of Christ. So some healthy outlets or even some other side could be some pseudo outfits to belong. It could be just connecting with people on age. The enemy could use that or God could use that in a healthy outlet. That could be groups here. It could be stage of life. We need healthy outlets. If you had a newborn baby, you need to talk to somebody else who has a newborn baby. But don't get it twisted. We're not a church. We're just newborn babies. We're the church. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. Of course, we have an emphasis unapologetically. When you read the Vision Mag, you're going to see one of our emphasis is the future. We believe in the kids. We just think that's a great investment. Whether you have kids or not, what are we leaving behind? They're the future. Let's invest in them but a stage of life, or just connecting with people only on race or ethnicity or class or just hobbies. We need outlets that are, uh, if you're a Marvel fanatic or a Comic-Con, that that could be a healthy outlet, but it could also be a destructive sense of belonging and pseudo-belonging in light of God's full picture that we would be in the body. And dare I go on just for a couple more. We could then belong in communities, not necessarily what we're for, but what we're against. And we're going to keep seeing this day to day where you don't even know what somebody believes. You just know what they don't believe. There's a bunch of terms. Well, those people, them. And you're like, okay, wait, what are them? What do they believe? And you try to break it down and critically think and deconstruct in a healthy manner as we should. But may we know God's word and to rightly divide that the most. And to study the real McCoy, which is Jesus, there can be um, uh, the political spectrum. It could be a pseudo experience to belong. Of course, it's important to know and think. And like God wants to work through all spheres of leadership on the world. But remember, the body of Christ, we are one, it's different. So the main reason why to belong today 
is because God says you belong. When you're in Jesus, you're just in the body of Christ. So how do you practically then like flesh that out? Well, I want to show you here what we call connect. And our connect slide gives you a few options of what connection could look like here in the body of Christ. Now, we recognize we aren't 24-7, 365 going to come up with programs, and we won't because we believe 24-7, 365, the program, the movement of God, are the people of God, me and you, wherever we go. We are the church on the move, the kingdom on the move, the Holy Spirit in us to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, us. Go make disciples as we're going, but as a church and as a family, committed and submitted and going through our own rhythms and limits here. <laughs> First, we say, we, do you just want to experience what you are? Well, commit, become a member. Go through that process. And, and it's like, well, what's in it for me? It's like, well, you're already in it. You might as well just jump in it. You can keep dabbling, dabbling, and then you get to, when we think of, okay, what is a healthy church? It's how healthy are me and you? So we have leaders here to equip the body of Christ, absolutely, but God is also raising you up. This is not spectator sport. Come on, somebody. So you can pull out your phone right now, and you could be like, man, I'm going to hit this QR code. I want to become a member. I'm going to commit here. And then maybe you start getting excited to serve, and we'll talk more about the purpose and how that manifests, and then join a group or lead a group, and then giving, but it all, again, flows out of understanding that we're loved by God to love. So therefore, we belong, and therefore, we have purpose to worship God in everything we do. So last little video, and the worship team's gonna come up. This one's from Anna, who is a beloved prayer warrior saint of the house here experience has been um, just being embraced. Um, when I came here, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. You know, I was 56 years old. I saw these young people around me, and it's like, it's no place for you here. You don't, you know, and I, I was going to leave. But because of groups and because of community, and getting to know other people here at City Life and um, up close and personal and getting to really feel the love of others and being able to be myself and just, um, and being accepted as who I am. It just, it helped me to stay and make my mark here or and be here where God wanted me to be instead of out here trying to find a place someplace else. So nobody really fits the city life. We all are misfits, but we all belong. So um, I found my place here and it's been seven years and I'm just happy to say that, you know, this is my home and I belong here. Grateful for Anna. Uh, I won't be able to expound on the whole story, but there's a deep connection that I feel uh, specifically on that phone call that I had with her when she made City Life her home and it was just so powerful. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do some work before we get out of here. Maybe the main thing would be if you believe the lie today or maybe even the past or it comes up from a traumatic experience and you just hear this lie that says, I don't belong. That you would hear a truth more powerful that we belong to Jesus. 
Now, if you have not let Jesus in and made him Lord and Savior, he's calling you home today. You just got to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus, take my sin. I believe in you. I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're the Lord. Save me and lead me. And then it'll connect you with people like us to be on this journey together. And may this be a fragrance of heaven for us to remember who we belong to. We say in kids that we are loved, we belong, we have purpose, we are the future. Take a moment and just close your eyes and feel the hug of heaven over you saying you belong. It's safe. It's okay to be you. As Anna said, we're all misfits. One of our leaders here, Ryan Gonzalez, he has an awesome quote. He says, everybody fits in at City Life because nobody does. We're all different. That's awesome. We're loving one another, learning from Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask in this moment that you will breathe a fresh belonging on every single one of your kids as we remember that we belong to Jesus. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.